0: Hello and welcome to the Curator's Salon podcast. I'm Geeta Joshi and my guest today is Danielle North. Danielle is the author of Pause, How to Pause Before Life Does It For You. And she also runs the Pause Retreats. Welcome, Danielle.
1: Hi, Geeta. It's lovely to be here. So it's a
0: really interesting time. And I thought it was time for us to have a conversation about, you know, all the things going on. People are, you know, life is pausing for us.
1: We're in the middle of the COVID-19 outbreak and uh, it's a really surreal situation, isn't it?
0: Totally, I'm finding a real mixed response to it. You know, some people are becoming really creative, others are still you know, in a panic phase. Um, and I, I just felt like there's quite a cycle of emotions that people are going through. So I thought it'd be great for us to have a conversation about you know, how people can use this time more intentionally
1: yeah i think it's um it's almost as though um although it's like things are speeding up whilst at the same time they're slowing down it's almost like we've got this experience of a suspended reality um as as life is really forcing us all to pause and to slow down and to take stock and really to reassess many things so i think we're going to be feeling the ramifications of this for quite some time as not just here in the uk but um globally
0: so your book pause before life does it for you talks about enforced pauses what, what's an enforced pause normally outside this current situation
1: yeah i think i'm gonna to have to write another book aren't i <laughs> which is how to pause when life does do it for you but uh, in 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 that book yes i write about an enforced pause um which is uh a, often a time when we have to stop um a time of what I think people might consider to be a crisis, actually, but is often a time of intense focus on something in particular. Um, So examples of enforced pauses, if we take our current situation out of um, the equation for a moment, might be burnout, it could be um, a redundancy, um, ill health, bereavement. They they all come with this, um, often with this sense of, Shock and this sense of uh, loss of control uh this sense that life has done know, a one eighty shift um, and that how you were seeing life the day before is now completely different the following day um and and they can really be sometimes quite uh shattering for people um so if we then take the covid nineteen Situation that people are facing—it's a—it's an enforced pause on a global scale. And people are feeling
0: all sorts of emotions at the moment. You know, how can we best manage these—you know—sort of conflicting emotions?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, Gita. I think there's a lot of strong feelings. um, Even—even if you don't necessarily feel fear yourself, at the moment, there's a lot of fear in the media. The—the message has been amplified more than normal and um, there's fear in the way that we're seeing people shopping and purchasing mm, people are afraid of the health system and how that's going to cope there's fear and anxiety about individual families and your loved ones so even if you don't feel frightened yourself at this stage there's a lot we're sort of in a sea of fear so it's quite hard to escape that um really pervasive emotion at the moment Um, and really that comes from a loss of control. So when we feel that we've lost some of our freedom, um, the ability to perhaps have our social lives the way that we're used to having them, our our ability to move and and do the things that we're used to doing on a day-to-day basis, when that feels or has been taken away, it feels as though we've lost control. The loss of control creates uncertainty. Uncertainty leads to fear and fear leads to panic. Um, so it's quite a quick escalation into these very intense and, and deep emotions. Um, this might sound a bit um, frivolous. And I don't mean it to, to sound frivolous, but the, there are alternatives to feeling these feelings. But it takes quite a lot of um, I think, inner intention to be able to step away from the bigger global feeling of fear and, and perhaps even some self-mastery inside to be able to hold your own course steady within you. Um, so we can talk about how people can practice that. And I do think it's a practice. It's a, a sort of moment by moment unfolding for people as to how do you keep staying responsive and Rather than being swamped by the emotions that uh, you know even if you're not feeling them, everybody else around you is so what's the alternative The alternative um, is something that you and I were talking about um, before we went onto the the live co- recording, which is um, the word surrender um, and I, I'm not talking about surrender as as defeatism here (laughs) surrender in terms of giving up Um, it's surrender in in the appreciation that we cannot control the uncontrollable Um, that surrendering of the idea that we were ever in control um, and being able to come to a place of peace within ourselves with what's going on at the moment Um, to know that we can't control these external circumstances, but that we can um, support our own inner resources within ourselves and that that we have complete free will um, within us to be able to um, make our own choices and our own decisions about how we want to use this enforced pause and how we would like to um, find the gold in the situation that we're presented with.
0: For me, I think, coming to terms with this sort of new situation, being indoors a lot more, losing the routine, I've just found like it's, it's given me time and actually an appreciation of, of that as well. It's, you know, time is one of those things that we all have the same amount of, but we use it all so differently. And mm. sort of leaning into it for me this week has been, yeah, it's been really interesting kind of seeing that unfold
1: it's fascinating isn't it what can happen um when we create a little bit more space for ourselves um, or when it's been created for us um even for many people not having a daily commute at the moment frees up time that you can sit there and go what do I do with that extra hour or hour and a half that I'm usually um, commuting? And so, yeah, there's I think there's a, a lot of opportunity here for people to be really considered about the space that's being created because we're going to all have less social engagements. And um, you know, We've just heard that the, the pubs and the bars and the gyms and things are now being closed as well as the you know, other social gathering places that have been closed previously. So... Um, yeah, how do we intentionally use the space that's been created, and to start to find a way to um, benefit our well-being, benefit our um, our health, um, and be able to support our self-care um, through this experience?
0: So, one of the things I've been thinking about was almost using some of this time as a self-directed retreat. I want to Spend a bit more time reassessing what I'm doing, reevaluating priorities, goals, all sorts of things, you know. Um, And I was thinking, yeah, to use the time more intentionally, and what would a self directed retreat uh, look like? You know, and also, you know, for our listeners who are many of whom are artists, I thought this could be quite an interesting topic for us to talk about.
1: I think this is such an exciting question um, and I personally I've been thinking a lot about it for myself as well you know there's there's always if we can get our minds around the fact that this is probably a longer term situation than we would want it to be um, and be able to say okay so what what would really benefit me um, from this, you know, th- this might be a once in a lifetime opportunity <laughs> for us to have this space and time to be able to, you know, have a self directed retreat. Then I think it's a really, really interesting question. Um, it's really about how do we find our own sense of freedom within these constraints. And I think the idea of the, the self directed retreat is a way to do that. Yeah.
0: How do, how do we do that? What would, what would be, let's say, some components around that?
1: Yeah, so it's, it's a good question. So if I think about when I run a public retreat, um, there are some certain things I would always consider when I'm setting up a retreat for uh, a group, which I think can translate over to an individual retreat at home. Um, one of them is around the the journey that you might want to go on so when I'm thinking about creating a retreat I like to think about you know why are we gathering what's the reason what's the intention for gathering so it might be that somebody's having a retreat that is based on if if it's a personal retreat that's based on their health it might be that they choose a topic that is their self-esteem it might be that they choose a topic that's about their creativity Um, there, there could be any number of things um, that they want to set their retreat on but I like to think about what's the reason for me gathering a group in the first place and then what's the journey <clears throat> excuse me that I want to take people on so with that in mind then people can start to think about okay this is the um this is the intention for my personal retreat and where would I like to go um over four weeks six weeks eight weeks whatever the the window of time might be um and then to set up I think um the next part that I would do if I were running a retreat is I would set the space for it um and that sounds a little bit of a strange thing but actually we put a lot of energy and attention and effort into setting the space for the retreat um so at home if Um, if you're now working from home or if you've got your studio that you're going to really thinking about how is your space set for a retreat what things might you want to have in your space that would be Um, really important for your experience of a um, self-directed retreat Um, I'm always a sucker for things like candles and incense and nice music and um, you know a a seat somewhere in the house where I've got a nice view and that sort of thing so you can think about the aesthetics of the space around you and how you might want to use your home or or your um, studio as the space from which you can retreat so just giving some some thought to the space. Um, so, those would be things that I would think about um, to start with. Um, and then from there, I would be thinking about what's the rhythm that we would create in a retreat. Um, so, what would the daily rhythm look like for people who are attending? Um, what would the practices be given the intention of the retreat? What are the practices that would make sense for people to be? learning about and exploring and giving a go um, so if you're i don't know for example wanting to have a um, a spiritual retreat at home where you want to really connect to yourself more deeply at a spiritual level um, then some of your practices might include something um, like meditation or qigong um, if you wanted to have a, a self-directed retreat at home that's focusing on your health then um, you might want to include, um, you know, a, a new type of exercise. Um, there's a lot of creativity going on in the industry at the minute about bringing um, exercise into our homes through technology whilst we're um, not able to get out and meet. Um, so you might practice um, yoga. It might be that whilst we, you know, if you're not self isolating and you're still able to go out that you are cycling that you're walking that you include this as part of um, a regular rhythm in your retreat what's the benefit of rhythm i think um mothers instinctively know when they have a new baby what the benefit of rhythm is which is that um, it will calm their baby and it will quieten the baby and it will soothe the baby and then i think as adults we um often Uh, connect the idea of rhythm with some sort of um, regimental routine that we want to rail against Um, and so we tend to want to live our lives in a more spontaneous way Um, at this time while there is all the fear that I was speaking about um, what can happen is that whether we feel frightened ourselves or not the central nervous system can get um, activated so the um sympathetic nervous system the the freeze flight or flight response that you might be familiar with um, can get activated and we can sustain that for a short period of time and it's designed to be sustained for a short short period of time um, but we're not really meant to sustain that for a long period of time and so what regular rhythm does is it helps us shift from that sympathetic. Um, nervous system back to the parasympathetic nervous system, and um, so that we can be in a calmer state within our bodies and within our, our systems. And that's a really good antidote at the moment to all of the fear that we're experiencing around us. And um, you know, there are just some very simple things that can help us to uh, feel like we have a regular rhythm, um, things like. Waking up at the same time, going to bed at the the same time, eating our meals at the same time, exercising at the same time. So you're really just allowing a sense of um, daily rhythm in your lives at the moment will hold your system while the outside world goes and does its thing, which is changing minute by minute. You can contain and support your body in a really nice way with rhythm.
0: So using some of these practices in the in the rhythm that you described already, you mentioned some physical ones, you know, particularly around exercising, meditation and so on for, let's say, more spiritual. What, what other ones would you suggest?
1: Yeah, I think from a a daily rhythm point of view, um, we can look at emotional um, practices as well. So one of the things I'm talking to people about every day at the moment is breathing um, because it's the breath that will um, help you shift that sympathetic nervous system to the parasympathetic. Um, So a, a daily practice, I mean, you could even have an hourly practice of focusing on the breath at the moment. I don't think we can breathe too much um, at this time. You can't overdo the breathing. Um, so, one of the things that I um, am suggesting to people is if you're um, sitting somewhere, you know, at a desk or um, at your workstation wherever you might be at the dinner table just taking a really deep inhale in and as you do that pressing the lower belly out so it's almost like you create this sort of buddha belly um, at, at the very lowest part of your your belly um, because what happens when we're afraid is the breath gets very stuck high up in the chest so we want that breath to be pushed all the way down into the bottom of the belly and then the exhale to be long and slow out of the mouth so that you can hear the air coming out if you take three of these breaths um, that's a really good practice to have day to day Um, and another lovely daily practice which can be as shorter as long as people want it depends on how far they want to immerse into this self-directed retreat um would be journaling so um journaling can be you know, writing a few sentences about how you feel today, uh, or it could be longer in the artist way. Um, they have the, the morning pages, which is, you know, quite, quite a challenge to, you know, be pouring out three pages of, of A4 every morning. But um, you know, finding something that works for you personally uh, around journaling, it can be done in the mornings, it can be done in the evenings before you go to bed, It's a lovely thing to weave in. And I think weaving in gratitude into your journaling at this point, I think gratitude goes a long way. If in doubt, go back to gratitude would be my mantra on that. Um, So that would be the emotional side of things. Um, And then... Another aspect I think is our creativity. So when we can create a regular rhythm, when we can settle into some of these practices, uh, what it does is creates more capacity and space within ourselves to be able to experiment and explore. So when fear is filling up all of those sort of any empty spaces that are in our body it's hard for creativity to come forward any anybody who's had a creative block will know exactly what that is like um, and so once the practices are in place once the central nervous system is calmed and settled you create this space and in in nature whenever there's a vacuum life rushes in to fill it um And ideally, what we want to see is that space being filled with stimulus for our creativity. Um, And we can encourage that along. Um, So, things like um, you and I were talking about just getting back to a sense of play, you know, a sense of innocence um you know what is it that delights you and inspires you you know remember the last time you did a roly-poly down the hill you know <laughs> I mean, it's uh it, it's just uh, what are the things that really um bring deep joy to your hearts so i think that the the um childhood innocence we're doing I'm i'm doing um a singing course at the moment doing learning how to heal through the sound of the voice and we're making lots of sounds that are childlike sounds that I haven't made for years but even things like blowing raspberries which is great fun you know just flubbering and um and, and doing raspberries it's just a silly thing but it does you can't help but smile when you do these things so um inject some play um into your practices um and then from a creative perspective. We know that at the moment, unfortunately, a lot of galleries, exhibitions have been closed. That's going to be for the foreseeable. Um, So now might be a really nice time to uh, embark on a personal project, something that is just for you, that is without any deadline, something that you would most love to do, that would really fill you with um, a great sense of expansion. Um, within yourself so I think those are um, some thoughts for me around the creativity
0: amazing I mean there's definitely a lot of interesting projects coming out on uh, places like Facebook and Instagram Uh, you know sort of art challenges where people can follow hashtags and things like that just to get back into a sense of play and daily making and exploration and experimenting again rather than having deadlines and things as you say it's just you know really getting back and finding joy in some of that again
1: absolutely and this is this is when i was speaking about finding the gold in the pause you know being able to really know that you have your own free will in spite of what's going on around and being able to tap into the endless source that we are as human beings that enables us to constantly create and um, and I think that other um, practice that people can think about uh, as well as their creativity is the intellectual stimulus, which they often go hand in hand, I think. But the ability to be able to learn and grow at this time, um, perhaps something there has been, I don't know, I've got so many chunky books on my bookshelf and the that I, I've not had the time to tackle, that I could just sit and read and it would feel a bit luxurious. but. Um, in my self-directed retreat, I think I'd like to have reading time, you know, just to sit and, and enjoy some of these incredible works of art um, that I've got on my bookshelf. Um, and then I think, as you were saying, Kita, about the um, Instagram challenges and the creativity we're seeing there, I, I think intellectually, it's for me, it's really sparking um, my sense of community and collaboration. Like, how do we join forces? I mean... And that's what we're doing right here in this moment isn't it but like how do we collaborate and create things together in new and different ways that we just haven't been thinking about because we've had our focus on other things on the results on the outcomes on the goals um so i think there's so much power in this pause
0: no i think there's a lot of power in it myself as well i'm just really I'm trying to use the time more intentionally. And even though we keep being told things might go on indefinitely, I can't quite get my head around that. I still think of it as the next two to four weeks. So I'm just trying to do what I can, you know, for two to four weeks and indulge in that, I think.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, I think we each have to respond to it in the way that... um uh, satisfies us within, um, and so yeah, ha- however you respond to it, I think will be the right way for you. And then we have to just keep listening to what comes in and the information that we get because it really is a very changeable, fluid um, situation. Um what was fascinating for me is that I didn't book any retreats this year, and it's the first time in eight years I hadn't planned any retreats, and so. Um, I'm really sitting with the um, the word flexible for this year and that could be something that people want to think about is what's the guiding word that would see you through either this period of time or through this year that you could use as your anchor. So, you know, when I look at I don't know, my my business plans that I had for this year or, you know, the the financial forecast flexibility is really required at the moment, just to go, okay, well that's not how it's going to be, so what are we going to do instead? So um yeah, having that guiding word when everything else feels like it's very uncertain I think an anchor inside of you that you can come back to will be really helpful.
0: Amazing. Danielle it's always a pleasure to talk to you thank you so much for taking time to be on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me it's been great. (laughs) The Curator Salon hopes you enjoyed this production.